Hello and welcome back to Access All Areas Podcast in proud association with CCFC Fan Store, your one-stop shop for non-official merchandise. Visit them at www.ccfcfanstore.com. Uh, no AD again tonight as we continue our Club 92 series, travelling around the grounds. Tonight we're going to the only league club in Kent um, and to do that we are joined by FM Twitch streamer, uh, new FM YouTuber, host of the Football League Lowdown on Monday nights on Twitch. And I think it's fair to say a massive Gillingham fan, and that's not just his size. Uh, Scoops Callahan, Scoops, how are you, mate? You fucking prick! <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, mate? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate mate, it. Mate, really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you giving up the time to uh, the chat to me. Well, I'm very busy, anyway, mate. So. Very busy man, of course, you know. So, um, are you doing? You right? Yeah, right, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it feels like a, a lifetime since I last spoke to you on Monday. So <laughs> it's uh, you know it's it's been far too long, of course, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure your missus says the same when you get in from work. So, hey, yeah. Exactly that, mate. Um, out of interest, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday. So, um, and we spoke yesterday and this morning. Um, so, yeah, we don't speak much. So No, no, we don't. <laughs> we all. don't. But the reason we know each other is through our love of football and our football clubs. Um, obviously, myself being a Cod fan, you being a Gillingham fan. Um Let's get down to it, mate. How, why did that journey start? Well, I can, I, you know, I, I think it's probably a safeguarding concern now, uh, to be fair. Uh, it started from a young age. Um, no, but <laughs> it's probably not a way to start it, is it? But no, it's basically my, um, my dad was born in Kent. Uh, he's born in Gillingham. And I think he was born about five minutes from the ground. Um, and... You know, family was based in Kent. This was back in the 50s, 60s and and so on. And, you know, my parents moved out of there. Um, and now I'm based in East Anglia. And it's basically from a young age, he's brainwashed me um, from about 1990. He started, I could tell you when the abuse started. It was about 96, 97. Um, and, uh, Same time for me. It was about that era, you know. And, you know, Gillingham were in a, in a reasonably good period of time there. We just... We just um, been promoted from division three um and we've got scally as ownership and um we we'll get uh, on to that yeah we will get on to that and basically yeah it, you know i went through these, these the stage of supporting arsenal uh Leeds united as well um and it just got absolutely hooked onto Gillingham. I don't know why. I, I can't tell you why. I, you know, my dad did say we're going to a Gillingham game, but it was very much like he used to take me to Colchester United because that was local. It's 25 minutes from me. Went to Ipswich. That's about 35 minutes from me. And then Cambridge United as well. You know, we were running out. So we had a lot of clubs around us and it was like, you know, we'll take, uh, get them into football, which worked, you know, and I used to go for the chips. That was it. Uh, and I still would now. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was Gillingham from then, and um, you know, it was probably the golden era of Gillingham Football Club, which is sounds weird. And you know, you probably still thinking, Fucking hell, is that the if that's the golden yeah, era, mate, you know, mate, I, I can't say anything. I, I was lucky, so my first game was in '96 as well. And I don't, I don't know about you, Scoops, but for me, I so my mates were all a little bit older, I'm the youngest of, of my siblings. So I used to hang around my brother's mates. They were all a little bit older. And they were all Man United fans. Yeah. So I grew up watching the Man United side with Konchowskis, Ince, Mark Hughes. Um, and that's the only football I really watched. Mm. And then I watched Euro 96. 
and my head just got blown and I was like, football, this is what I love. Yeah. My, my birthday's in September, start of the season, and my old day just went, right, get you up the city. Um, it's your local club sort of thing. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's been the same ever since. We, 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 we say this to everyone we speak to, um, especially when we're talking to EFL fans, you know, like mm. yourself. We spoke to Shah from Rochdale, Echoes from Tramia, especially with, with a smaller club and a more community-based club. Um, obviously, Gillingham being the only club in Kent, they've probably got a wider catchment area. There's a lot more of a, a personal touch from the clubs of fans, especially young fans, and they feel a bit a, a bit more accessible. Do you know what? And yeah, I, I, I agree from, to a certain extent with people who live in the area, definitely. You know, I've I've been a, an exile for my whole life. I've never lived in the area. I was a season ticket holder for three or four seasons, and that was when I was a kid. Um you know, I've, I've never really been part of the of the chilling community as such until probably you know, I was I started doing Twitter in the last four or five years, where you actually start having conversations and like you know the Jill's in the Bud TVs, chatting with him, chatting with some of the lads on that show, and meeting up with them on away days, having a pint and stuff like that. Until then, I hadn't really been part of the community as such. Like, and mm. the only reason I was probably kept along with it and kept being part of that club is probably because of the family you know going going on the other way day with my dad and my uncle and so on it was just a piss up you know that was it it was it and you know when I hit 17 my dad was like yes you'll come to Bournemouth away with us you know and that was it and go have a few drinks yeah I know I know on the train with two adults and you know I'll go into it I'll go into it later but what a nightmare that trip was with 17 year olds and you know i had cousins there as well who were 13 14 and i literally had to try and get them home it's the best fit. it was honestly it was like some it was like fucking homeward bound it was awful <laughs> it was really bad but you know it was it, it was great it's one like a memory of those fantastic away days that you have and you know absolutely love an away day oh <laughs> mate they are the pinnacle of, of being a football fan um, you touch there on memories, and we talk about you know being a kid and you know, the first time walking in the stadium and the, the click clack of the turnstiles mm-hmm. and you, the smells that kind of come with it, which back then was fags and beer uh, on the concourse yeah. before you walked out and seen that green. C- can you remember that that the first time at Priestfield? And... Yeah, I can tell you the first time at Priestfield was um, it was I showed to showed you that photo. I think it was it that season. It was that season. Way. It was that season. Yeah, me at the age of eight and uh, was it eight, maybe nine. Um, we just we were. It was a season we got promoted. So it was a season we got promoted to the championship, and that was my first game at a Priestfield, and that was against Wigan Athletic. Um, and I remember, you know, this, these were the days when the supporters club was in the old you know, an old church, you know, they used to rack the tables out. They just used to get kegs of beer and have a table behind the bar. They have a barbecue outside where you're selling burgers for two pound, you know, with your, 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 with their dog licking the fucking burgers on the floor. You know, it was just, you know, a health hazard, but it made it that quality mid nineties football experience. And um, yeah, I remember going up there this game and, I don't know why I remember it so vividly, but it's probably because it was the best away, it's the best own goal I'd ever seen um, as a Gillingham fan and in football, to be honest with you. Um, and I just just remember it, you know, like you said, it was it was my first real experience of, of a football match because, like like I said, you're going into your 
into the supporters club. You're sitting on these big round tables with random people and your dad, my dad and my uncle there, you know, with six packs of crisps ripped up in the middle, with, you know, ripped right down the middle so everybody could grab a handful. My dad's got smoking a cigar at the table and cigarettes and everything. And, you know, it's just, it was just like going back to the 70s in a pub. You know, that's what it was. Yeah. It was, you know, and that was the norm. It was the norm. Um, but I would never forget it. Never forget it. And uh, that day, yeah, AD Pennock scored an own goal from his for about 30, 30 yards out. He lobbed the keeper. And I remember this because Guy Butters was on a... I can't remember, was it Guy Butters? I think it was Guy Butters, another great uh, centre-back. He was on some sort of podcast and he literally said... Um, he, the goal went in and he was trying so hard not to laugh because oh, yeah. the goal, because it was that bad. He literally had his hand over the top of and he was, he, was, he was in tears. He was in tears. And Amy Pennock had just scored it. He was like this, in tears as well. You know, in a season that we were pushing for promotion in uh, in Division 2. Um, but luckily, luckily, we went on to win it 2-1. Win that game 2-1. Uh, I can't remember who scored the goals for us, but I can only remember that that famous own goal. Um, and, you know, that's where it all started. That is where it all started. And uh, fucking hell, it's been shit since then. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that that's been a football fan. Um, you touched on the fact you're based in East Anglia, um, and you've got all those clubs around you. I'm, I'm guessing you got a bit of stick at school being the only kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, basically it was ripped to shreds every week uh, without fail. <clears throat> Obviously, with, with where I was, it was mostly Ipswich fans, um, a lot of them, and the school that I went to, a lot. Of, you, you didn't have many lower league fans. They were all big yeah. Premier League fans, West Ham fans, and so on. You know, Spurs, Arsenal, and they'll go. Oh, who do you support? Gillingham. They just look at. They just look at you going like this. Going, which sewer did you come out of? And I was like, cheers, mate. Cheers, man. Appreciate that. Um, but it was it was like that for it was like that for my child. And it's it, to be fair to a certain extent, it was like that at university as well. Again, you go. I literally would sit there, and I'd be at university, and I'd be in, I'd live with a Chelsea fan, a Manchester United fan, Tottenham fan. You know, there was no one there, other lower league fans apart from one mate of mine who I still speak to now, Dave, who's an Aiden Orient fan. Um, he was the only other one. And I remember we were on TV once, and literally we were watching it. It was Gillingham South End. We lost. I think we lost two one. And they literally said, how the fuck do you watch this every week? <laughs> it was the comment. Mate, uh, I, I got something similar. So I, I left school, I joined the army, and I was in a room of 12. Um, and 10 of them were Liverpool fans. Mm. One of them was a Leeds fan. And then there was me. That's and it's like, fan. yeah, and it's just like, fucking hell, I'm trying to explain it. I'm, I'll go, I'll, I'll, and there was one Saturday where we cover on telly first mm. against Derby. And we managed to win a bit of a poor game. And then mm. Liverpool played Portsmouth afterwards. So all the lads were like, all right, we'll go down and we'll watch both games and we'll make a day of it. And I was like, all right, Sam. And they're pissing themselves laughing through the derby game because they're like, how the fuck can you get excited about this? Mm. And I'm like, because you don't get it. And then Liverpool's come on. But then you've got lads coming in to the bar where we were that were from like Norwich, from, yeah. you know, Leicester, who were Liverpool fans. I'm like, that's what I can't get my head around. I appreciate yourself, you know, not living in the area, but you've got that family connection. These lads you talk to them, like, oh no, I just I like Stephen Gerrard. Mm, yeah, that's what I can't get my head around, and that's why I love lower league clubs mm. and fans because you've been through the ringer. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and you know, it's it's 
a lot of people and, and to be fair it's it's when my mates have got older you know you know like skibby for example he, he'll come on the odds because you because like i said i didn't know anyone or whatever from the area if i wanted to go on an away day i'd have to go to my mates and go who fancies peterborough away who fancy who, who fancies aquington away you know that, that who fancies doncaster away you know otherwise i wouldn't go i wouldn't mm. i wouldn't i wouldn't go because what is the point of me traveling up on my jab then traveling back the same day it sounds a nightmare so we make a weekend of it you know like the likes of uh Accrington away with my mate andy he now he was a spurs fan at the point and we've done a couple of away days with him and it's now got to a point where actually he's taken spurs off of his sky sports app and now he just follows Gillingham on his sky sports oh, app. So it feels like it feels like you've kind of brainwashed him into it and you know like even so he's he's messages me when the fixtures come out and goes it would be a fucking cracking away day, wouldn't it? You know, something like that, you know, and, it, and it's good because it's a great laugh. You do get to know people, you have a laugh, you have a drink and, you know, it's, you, you do make, I think I feel like you do make more memories as such than going to watch Manchester United oh, play. Mate, I, I can remember more about Forest Green Rovers away and Mansfield away than the, 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 and they're the sort of games that I look forward to more mm. than Sheffield United away or well, you've heard you've heard me a number of times. Accrington Stanley, I I yeah. love that. I absolutely adore that club. I love it. I love the town. You know, I, I'm, I've rarely been into the town centre apart from the last time I was there, and I plan to never go back uh, to the town centre. Um, but you know, the, the, you know, like the, the history of the club, Accrington, like with the likes of Pill Park, the Pill Park Tavern, the pub next to the old ground, yeah. which is absolutely fantastic. You know, you go in there, you get a pint for two pound fifty. It's just great. It's just, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but there's nothing better than that feeling about pre-game, an hour and a half to kick off, sitting in this pub with some locals and your mates, and just thinking, well, you know, just it's just great. Just love it. Absolutely love see, it. See again, and that's why I love the, the salt of the earth sort of clubs like that so I, I bang on about this my last away day before Covid was Rochdale and mm. I, I loved it and I couldn't think of a better away day to go on if funny was never going to go on one for a year Yeah, because like you say it, it's the arse end of nowhere there's, mm. a chippy, there's a chippy attached to the away end yeah. um, you know it's proper flat cat whip it country it's brilliant and you just go this is a proper football club the pitch is a shithole the concourse is, you know, you can tell it's never been looked at. You just think, yeah. this is this. It was, is it, was la- it was last painted in 1936. You know, it was- yeah, oh, you, you know, the Germans dropped bombs on it and did it a favour. Like it was, <laughs> you know, oh, any Rochdale fans listening, I'm sorry. Um, it's all right, I, Charlotte. It's all right. It's only Charlotte. It's fine. Uh, it should be fine. Look, look, I'm from Coventry and they blitzed us. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you're an, you're an, I'm allowed to joke about that. Yeah, you know, I'm allowed to joke about it. It's, it's completely fine. But, but they're, the, they're the, the towns, the grounds I love the most, rather than, you know, as good as it is going to St. James's Park and seeing the whole city in black and white, mm. it's just a bit, everyone, you know, it's just a bit much. I, 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 I prefer the little one. Um, right, normally this is where I'd hand over to AD and AD just his little bit because he is the lad who loves shirts and the yeah. reason these, the, these questions are in. Um, I, hope, I hope I do him well. Um, he's, he, he's passionate and he always talks about his first shirt um, and, and how much it means to him and, and, the, and the nostalgia around it. Can you remember your first Jill shirt? I can. 
I can't remember my first shield shot. And it wasn't the one that I was in that photo of with the, the pint and the cigar. It was actually the one I've actually got an adult version of there, which is the, uh, I think that's 96 to 97. And that is the uh, Chillingham shirt with the Victor FM sponsor on the front. But obviously it wasn't that shirt. I had the kids version. Um, that was my first ever shirt. And to be honest with you, I didn't really support the club then. You know, I, know I will happily admit that I wouldn't go around saying I'm a Chillingham fan. Um, but you know that was that was my first shirt, and I loved it ever since. I did, and and that was where I think it was probably three years ago. I managed to find out one guy was selling it. A Gillingham fan was selling it. Got it for twenty quid, absolute mint condition. Like he said, he barely wore it. It was like, well, somebody might well make use of it. And I thought, you know what? That's and it's an absolute lovely shirt. I absolutely adore it. Um, and I wear it most away days because. It's the only fucking shirt that fits me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Mate, preaching to the choir here, pal. Uh, <laughs> um, no, to, to be fair, we do these sorts of chats, you know, once a week, I always see it in the background. I think it is a gorgeous shirt. Um, is that your favourite Gillingham shirt of all time? Um, it, for me personally, yes, but for... Well, actually, to be fair, there are a couple of stunners, like earlier ones on that as well, which I'd love to get hold of, but only a couple have managed to get them. Um, but I, I actually really liked, which was, I think it was, just just do some math in my head, one, two, three, third season in the in the championship. And it's when we had the C France shirt, and we'd just been sponsored by C France. And it was a, it was a, a, a round neck, but it was black and blue hooped shirt okay and i adore it and the only reason the only reason i absolutely love that shirt is because we we had probably uh, apart from the obviously the golden era we had a half decent squad that was the likes of mumbly sadibi paul shaw you know those sorts of tommy johnson playing it even though he's an injury prone and barely played but you know that was that was a probably more of an fa cup memory and um that helped me create you know had that connection to that shirt but it was just something about that shirt that just looked good it just looked mm. looked quality. I don't think we'd ever had hooped before until then, and it and it worked. I liked it. It was all right. You see, this is the thing. So, as someone who doesn't follow Gillingham and doesn't know much about them, I've always I don't know if it's just because when Cobb played them, they've always seemed to wear the blue and black stripes. Yeah, but that's not necessarily. Jill's colours, is it? It's blue, mainly. It is predominantly blue, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think when the blue and black really came into it. And I think the first time we had blue and black, and I might be completely wrong with this, and I've got to make that clear, it could be completely wrong this. But I think the first time, in my memory anyway, was the season we lost to Man City in that playoff final. Just, which I just don't want to fucking talk about. But, you know, it's... Um, One of the most famous player finals of all time. Which, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's good that a very small club like my own was involved in it. Um, I think that was one of the first things. Do you know what? I'm actually going to check that. I am going to check that. Because I don't want to make a twat of myself, which I do on a regular occasions on every other night. Um, but, you know, it's... Um, yeah, no, that was, that was definitely one of... Um, my first because because what we had was the historical kits we were i think it was new brompton and we played in black and white um yeah. and apart from here we go we were like you said when we turned to gillingham um in 1913 obviously i know all my stuff we went we had actually a red and blue kit 
um, which is what we had for the season we won the champ when won the league in the two back in 2012 I was going to say I vaguely remember you having a red kit a couple of years ago and thinking why have they done that well, it was the hundred it was the hundred year anniversary of the club hundred year anniversary of the club and um, you know what what a season to celebrate um, yeah. and I think I think I'm actually right here oh no damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. So the first the first kit was 95 to 96, um, which is the one before that was the one with black and blue. Uh, but it had a little bit of white in it. And then the black and blue came back into it probably in 98. And, and really, we we then did go through a period of going back to blue. Um, but then we've always had that black and blue in there. We've gone back to white and blue. We've had some decent kits along the way, actually, yeah. to be fair. I've just googled it at the same time looking at them and there are, there are some nice kits mm. as, a, as a Jules fan do you prefer the black and blue or just the blue I've always been connected to black and blue because that was my you know that black, that shirt I was in with the cigar and the, the pint with the black and blue Medway News one that was the season we went up and beat Wigan in the playoff final um, that was my first season of supporting Gillingham um, mm-hmm. and that's probably why I've been more connected to it because I've always loved that shirt, that that Gillingham, the black and blue with the Medway News sponsor on the front because the year before it was cool, I think it was, um, and um, yeah, that's that, that, I've always been, I've always liked that more than just the plain blue. Hmm. I did quite like the season that the season we had, um, twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, which was the season we were under Justin Edinburgh. We had the blue shirt with the white stripe down one side and the hint and the red line. I actually quite like that kit. That was a decent kit. Mm, I um, remember that one. Um, you currently got the black stripes. You got the blue and black stripes yeah. currently. Um, Macron kit. Not nice enough. Nice yeah, enough. it's right. It's all right. I'm not going to buy it's one. Not going to buy one. But, but know, is, for... is that more due to Scally than it is the shirt itself? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. No, just it's just you know when when do I get to wear a football shirt? You know, like yeah. I said, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you fibs because um you know I, I don't go every week. You know, it's not I'm not a, I'm not a season ticket holder. I don't go every week. When how often do I get to wear it? Apart from when I'm painting the shed. You know, that's it. <laughs> so you say this is I'm sat here in a Cobb City away shirt, which it's because you're a virgin. That's why. <laughs> No, it, it, it's just the irony that as a fat twat, the only shirts that fit me are football shirts. How, how, how does that make sense? Uh, <laughs> right. slim, fit, slim fit. Yeah, it will make everything slim fit with your yeah, yeah. mind. <laughs> right, we, we've touched on Scally. We've touched on the current season shirt. Let's talk present day Gillingham. And as things stand, it's not been the best start of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Best, well, best half of the season, shall we say? Yeah. Um, currently in the relegation zone in League One. Um, I'm going to say this in, the, in inverted commas: a transfer embargo because it's a little bit complex. Yep. Um, injuries left, right, and centre. Yeah. Obviously, doing the football league low down with you, I've kind of got to know a little bit more about how Gillingham season's going because you talk so passionately about it. Mm-hmm. What's gone wrong, mate? Um. What's gone wrong? Well, you know, from a point of view that, you know, we're 
we've you know every every club's had a tough couple of years you know covid mm-hmm. you know income income has been stretched and so on um but doesn't mean for you know for the reason of this the, the squad we've got we just haven't got enough players we just we're playing with realistically you know we sat there at the end of the transfer and we had 17 it's really 17 first team players you know that's 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 six on the bench you know first team players that can come into the squad you know and, and we haven't got many youngsters backing up in there and you know there's obviously something there that you're looking at as a development squad and saying there's not enough quality in there to bring people through which you know you think a lot of people a lot of clubs bring um you know and we've always been quite quite well known for our youth youth um, set up you know we've brought some decent players through you know like the likes of matty jarvis um ryan bertrand as well was there um luke luke freeman another player and you know of course the man himself bradley dack you know what a man what a hunk um <laughs> but this season's just it's just been there's, it, there's been, it's just been ongoing. It's just one of those things where it's just feel like, is this is anything going to happen? Is anything nice going to happen in this club? You know, where are we actually going to have anything positive out of this? Where it just feels like we're going to just another another counter punch, another counter punch, and we just we just can't seem to win games. And you know, yes, the injuries aren't helping. Um, and yeah, we're in this transfer embargo. What, what what were we expecting this season? You know, in league and again, League One is just a really competitive division this year. Oh, hundred percent, mate. Um, uh, again, we've touched on it many a time, um, and I've said this, and I'll say a uh, hundred more times. I'm so glad that Coventry got out of League One when we did, because mm. you look at some of the sides in that league. You know, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, um, Bolton, Portsmouth, Oxford, some good sides play some good stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm probably doing a few teams a disservice because I forgot them. Uh, Rotherham uh, are up there, Plymouth up there, Wigan are up there. You know, some really good sides. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a struggle, like you say, especially with such a small squad. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, with with the situation that we've had over the last couple of seasons, we have had good players in that squad um, and we've had not bad players in the in the backups, you know, they they could play they could play forty five minutes and so on. And this is no disservice to the to the um the youngsters that have had to come in, but they're just you can tell they're just not they're just not up for it at the moment. They're just not ready for this level. Um yeah. and it's just you've got you've got a manager there, Steve Evans, who obviously a lot of people hate and will hate he's a a controversial character to say the least say the least um but i like the bloke i was very much like um when he first joined us like what is going on you know i was throwing shirts out the window saying not my club as a joke obviously um (laughs) but the blokes come in yes people are still very anti him but they come in and actually um he's done a good job He's done a good job. For, you know, you think that season, that COVID season, um, where obviously you got promoted and Nick promotion, you know, really, you, you didn't fucking deserve it, but you got it. Um, I'm, I'm not joking. Fighting. I'm, I'm not fighting. I, I, I'm joking. But, you know, there was talks of us, you know, we, we were doing really well that season, you know, and we were picking yeah, up, yeah. We got, you know, just before we went into lockdown, we picked up a point away at Sunderland. You know, we, we were, yes, we didn't have the greatest place, but they fought to the end. Um, and you know there was talks about you know when we had the lockdown they were talking about increasing the playoffs to 10 teams weren't they yeah. uh, on, on points per game we would have sneaked in 
and we were like, you know, even Steve Evans was talking about it, saying, if we get into those playoffs, I tell you now, we'll win them. Because Steve Evans has got that calibre yeah. of, of that mentality that he will bring in the team. He will go out there and they'll put everything into it. And then even the season after, you know, again, up until, I can't remember when we played Oxford, um, and we lost 3-2 after being 2-0 up with 15 minutes left, we lost 3-2. You know, we were challenging for playoffs again. Um, but this season, we've had injuries. We haven't been able to get the sort of players in. But again, at the end of the day, it comes down to money. It does come down to money. We're not offering, we're not offering salaries at this level. You know, the, the, the leadership is saying we are. But as, as Evans has come out and said openly, he said, you know, three players that played for Cheltenham in the FA Cup and beat us, they were three targets we want, and one starting on the bench for Cheltenham and not even getting a game, and two are coming on. When they're starting on the bench at Cheltenham and we can't afford them, what does that say? When the Cubs just come yeah. off of League Two, you know, we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle, and that's it. You know, the only reason we've got some of the decent players that we have is because they had years left on their contract. Carl Dempsey's got a year left on his contract. He's going to go next year. He's going to go in the summer. Jack Tucker, he's going to go. Good players you know, as well. Talk about like we've got some good players right. there. You know, for Dane Oliver, last year mm. his contract. You know, the only reason we lost Connor Ogilvy last is because obviously he's moved on, ran out of contract. A lot of these players, we're not selling them. We're just running their contracts to the ground, trying and we say, oh, come and join us for another season. But then Jordan Graham goes off to Birmingham and earns three times the amount he's getting at Gillingham. Yeah. And I suppose that's the issue that you've got financially. Um, and, and I think this is something that as an outsider, it, it is it's hard to comprehend because you look at the catchment area and you think, you know, you've got that tagline, the only professional club mm. in Kent. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a big area, and you think surely the place should be sold out every week. You know, because it's it's the football club in, in the region. Mm. But for for whatever reason, that's not the case. They they, they go elsewhere. Well, you're not going to pay twenty eight quid to go and watch League One football. Yeah, true. You, that, that's that's fact, isn't it? I wouldn't pay twenty eight quid to go and watch. If I tell you now, if I lived on, if I lived on the doorstep in the Medway stand, I would not pay that money to go and watch that club. Mm. Just wouldn't, you know. There's, there's no, there's no flexibility there for the casual fan, you know. And you've got potentially a population of however many people in Gillingham and the surrounding areas. Yes, okay, it's it's 40 minutes from central London. I get that, you know. It is very close to central London. You've got all those hotbeds of championship, and Premiership clubs there, and and Charlton, you know, being 35 minutes away. Yeah, okay. You've still got the people further down the coast who are going to watch Maidstone Chatham Town instead. Mm. You know, when people, yeah, okay, non-league's great, love it. You know, I would never change the the the, the bits I've done with non-league and in the last seven years of living near AFC Sudbury, I've loved it. But when your club are struggling to get people through the door, you know, you think they look, look to change something, and they're not going to change anything. Unfortunately, it's been run by a dinosaur. It's been run by Barney, mate. It's it's it's, it's useless. It's 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 just a, a sorry situation. And I think the situation at the moment is that the club probably we are doing we are going to go down. I, I just I just can't even with the players back with the morale in the team at the moment. I just can't see us see us recovering for it. And maybe I may be being very doom and gloom here, mate. But I just can't. Just can't seem to get get my head around it. I just can't seem to. I, even so, that I'm I'm not even 
and a lot of the local loyal fans, they're not even interested anymore. Mm, they're voting with their feet, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. You know, like like I said, is they just they just we're just not asked anymore because of the the atmosphere. You know, if you say one bad thing about the owner, you're out, you're banned, you're not allowed back in. Yeah, I, I see. I seen that on Twitter. Was it a handful of lads? Kind of didn't have a process as such, but just kind of wanted to. It was, a, it was a sign on a fence. A glorified. It was a glorified sign on a fence saying "Scally out." And as soon as they got there, they got to ten minutes before kickoff. They went to get in the stand. They said, "No, you're not coming in." That's stupid, man. Why look a gift horse in the mouth? You know, you're struggling mm. for money. You're struggling for attendances. Um, obviously, there was the rumours about Steve Evans moving on. Uh, mm-hmm. Stevenage. Uh, kind of putting an, an inquiry and it seems that every time there's a managerial casualty Steve's name is banded round because like you say he, he has got that calibre um, do you think if he goes that's it you know that is the, the, the final nail in the coffin yeah because I don't think I, I, the only reason I think that is because you're not going to get you're not going to get a, a manager with decent calibre and decent reputation in, into that club they know they're going to go there. And, you know, if anybody, if, for example, Steve Evans does go, if Scaddy's ringing you and saying, oh, I've got an opportunity for you at Gillingham, at the end of the day, you've got to look at it and go, no, it's a shit show, mate. Mm. It is, you know, what, what... This embargo that's going on at the minute, like... Well, which isn't an embargo, apparently. Yeah. So... There's no technicalities around it. We can't fucking sign anyone. That's it, you know. that's that, We can't sign players. That's an embargo. Apart from being in a transfer window, we can sign it. I'm sorry, but there's no way of even better. We can't get free signings in. You know, there's there's periods where you can get free signings in outside of transfer window. We can't even do that. And that's that's bizarre. Um, uh, it makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Um, to, to kind of well, it's, make, it's down to it's down to happen. this loan, isn't it? It's down to this loan because of COVID. You know, we took a we took this loan uh, to keep us afloat, um, and that was part of that. You know. Until you provide, you know, your financial confidence, you can make the repayments and and keep the club growing and so on, which we which you can't prove. Basically, uh, we're not allowed to sign anyone because they think what the EFL thinking. Well, we're not going to get our money back if you're plumbing it, powering it into a, a squad, you know. So, whereas I, when you look at it, you know, subjectively, and you say. Well, you let us sign a couple of players and we get ourselves back up the league, then what we'll have is instead of 2,000 fans turning their back, we'll actually turn up on a Saturday. So we've got more money in the coffers to give you the money I, back. To be honest with you, mate, I think if we put that money back into that squad and we had a decent side, I still don't think you'd see a massive amount of people going back. I honestly don't. And um, I think it's now got to a point where people are just like, no, fuck it. I'd rather see the club go to ruin so it forces somebody out instead of it you know, them going and lining the pockets again, mm. um, which is which is which is horrible to think. You know, and we've always been, and it's always been the um, the mentality from a, a, a percentage of the fan bases hate the club, hate the regime, love the club. You know, like so, you love the, the love the playing squad, the manager, and so on. But it's even got to that point now because you have got a manager who's been vocal about it. I'll tell you yeah. now. I'll tell and, you and now. And give Steve Evans credit. No, give give. Give Steve Steve Evans credit. You know, if that was Andy Hessenthaler, if that was AD Pennock, um, Steve Lovell, you know, all Gillingham legends who get a job when we struck when we basically just want the cheap option and show no no um aspiration at all, they'd just sit there and go, Yes, Mr. Mr. Chairman, yes, Mr. Chairman. 
where Steve Evans is now sitting in and actually holding him accountable, saying, you're telling me I've got, you know, you're telling me that I've got enough players. I can't even fucking field a squad. Yeah, is it two games now you haven't had a full bench? Yeah, well, it's even more than that. I think it was, uh, I think it's the worrying part was in the Carabao, was it Carabao Cup or Johnson's Paint? I think it was Johnson's Paint at Cruel, no. I can't remember where it was. It was it was an away day, but it got to a point where a a striker went down injured, and Steve Evans asked the line and said, "Can I bring the goalkeeper on to go up top?" Fucking hell! Aaron Chapman was apparently getting ready to play up top. Wow. Okay. So that's the sort of situation we're in. Yeah, that's not the best, is it? Let's be honest. No, it's not. It's not. Fucking hell. Oh, I can't even think, you know, of the only other time that, that comes to mind that um, that sort of thing's happened is um, big David James going on up front for, for Man yeah. City. Yeah, and, you know, they, they all talk about that, don't they? They all talk about Stuart Pearce thinking, oh, I'm going to bring on David James to play up front. When you had John Macken on the bench, Oh, think, if you were John Macken, you, John Macken, I'd be in that change room tearing one out of Stuart Pearce. Oh, mate. John would, Macken, would, you know, you think, no, I know Stuart Pierce was a, was a notorious hard man, wasn't he? But John Macken weren't a, weren't a mug, was he? You know, you look at him. I think he broke his nose every game, didn't he? You know, he was a bit <laughs> uh, like anyway. But, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's uh, do you know what? I've never, I haven't felt this disjointed from the club since it was probably, what year was it? What year was it? I think it was two thousand. Eight two thousand nine no two thousand and seven two thousand eight season we got relegated on the last day of the season again um, from League One and I didn't even care I didn't even it was the first mm. season in a long time where I just didn't care and um, I was I remember I was getting called for, calls from mates you know all these fucking Tottenham fans going <laughs> she got relegated <laughs> I was like yeah well, I'm, I'm, what's, your what? yeah. What's, your, what's your fucking point mate. Oh, you're shitting, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, yeah. What's your problem? You know, and I haven't, and that's that's how I'm feeling at the moment. That is how I'm feeling at the moment, really. And it's bad. That I'm doing, a, I'm doing a football league show, um, and I, I just don't give a shit about my side at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a shame because uh, because uh, and this this is the other thing as well. Uh, just to kind of touch on touch on that, you do the football league show with Skibby, who's a Fulham fan, who's been on this show. Yeah. Um, and they're flying with Echoes, who's been on this show, Tranmere fan, who are doing quite well. They're not setting the place alight, but they're doing okay. Myself, Cov fan, over exceeding expectations. And then that's got, I think that's got to be the most disheartening thing for you is the fact that we're all saying, yeah, yeah, we won this week. Um, what, what was, you know, myself went to Huddersfield on Saturday. Oh, yeah, took 2,000 fans up and, you know, scored a last minute equaliser, and you're going, yeah, we got spanked five one by Rotherham after going in the lot. I can honestly say, so uh, anyone who hasn't seen it, we did a live Gillette Soccer Saturday version of the Football League Lowdown uh, midweek a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and Scoops decided to watch the Gillingham Rotherham game. And Gills went up inside five minutes, was it? Took two minutes, two minutes on the clock, I think it was, wasn't it? I think we, it might have been five minutes, but, you know, it felt a lot, lot quicker. It was it was very early doors, and you know, it, it looked like a dog with two dicks. Bless him. I, I've never been so pumped in my life. And do you know what? We, we were all right. We did all right. We did okay for the first thirty minutes, and then a couple of injuries, and we were fucked. 
And then it was it, it was the inevitable. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know as soon as we went in 2-1 down, down at half-time, I was like, yeah, that's it, it's gone. Yeah, that's it. But hey, that's and you know, yeah, okay, it, it, it can be, um, it can be, it can be disappointing to sit there and say, you guys are doing fucking well, which is good, you know, it's good, you know, for you guys, you know, and um, but at the same time, I don't do it, I don't do it for just Gillingham, and that's why, you know, it's it's more of the social aspect in it, and probably a lot of these people do the away days, not not because of Gillingham. They know they're going to go get battered at Sheffield Wednesday, but they go there and, or it might even be that they go to Sheffield Wednesday because they've got a little bit of hope and we've got a good point there, you know. Oh, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't, I, like I said, it, it was a season when, again, going back to bad memories, I know we're talking about this in a bit. Um, it was the same with when we were in the championship and we had our last season in the championship with season ticket holder in. And it was hard work. It was, it was yeah. hard work to watch it. And I, you know, I've seen us lose three one against Ipswich at home and stuff like that. And I was only what eleven or twelve years old. And I just remember to go to my dad's, and my dad was—he still tells me—he said he was heartbroken when I told him this. And I said, "Dad, do I have to come anymore?" Mm. And do you know what? And he was just like, "No, no, mate. If you don't want to come, you don't—you don't have to. You know, that's it." And you know, that, that was the last season I had a season ticket. Um, and I regret that. I do regret that. I'd, I'd love to see that out, but. You know, we had a really, you know, not a very good. So that was probably two thousand a five-year period there, five six-year period there where it was just, you know, mediocre at best. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. As a club fan, the season we got relegated from League One, 2016, 2017, I think it was. Mm. Um, it got to the point where, oh fuck, we've got football today. Yeah, and it, it genuinely was like, whereas you know, but. At the minute before then, it was oh yeah, get in, can't wait. Like today, the, the club have announced our game against Stoke's been called off because of COVID, and I'm devastated. Like really gutted. Whereas that that season, oh, I was snapped your hand off for a postponement. Just go for, be, go yeah, for a pint instead. Yeah, no, exactly that because you you know, and you've been there, mate. When you, like say, I, I don't care. I just it's it's inevitable, um, but. We, we don't want to sit here and, and dwell on negativity. If you want to hear me, Scoops, and the others talk more about the EFL, um, we, well, I say we, Scoops hosts the Football League Lowdown. I, I, I'll just chip, chip in every now and again with a bit of nonsense. Uh, Mondays on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Scoops Callahan 1. Yep. Have I got that right? I've got that right. Yeah, you got it. Bang on, mate. Get in. I've done well there. Um, yeah. So come and come and have a chat with us because we quite enjoy it. Uh, we're a sociable. Yeah, definitely. and do you know what? And that's it. And, you know, and that's that's what we what we're trying to do with that is, and you know, and I'm not the I'm not the host. I just like to make that clear. I'm the co I'm the co-host with with you guys. Um, but from my point of view, the way what we're trying to do with that show is kind of make it a a pub atmosphere, but a, an interaction as well, an interactive chat show as such as it is. You know, and like we said, we've had some great great uh, guests on in Charlotte. Um, Mike from Stevenage, he's a character and a half. Um, we've had some good ones. Um, and I've, you know, it's, it's been it's been great. It's been great so far, and that's and that's the way we want to go with that. Is actually get people in and just say, do you know what? Come in and call us pricks. Come and call me a fat twat. 
you know, but at the same time, yeah, exactly. And talk about football, you know, that's it. You know, it's just like going down the mate and having, uh, going down the mate, going down the pub and having a pint with your mate. Going down down on a mate. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Um, Yeah, about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's Mondays, uh, Monday evenings on Twitch. Uh, You can catch the Football League lowdown. Right, so we've we've spoke doom and gloom, and I'm I'm getting depressed. So let's go back. Let's go back to the good times. And and Gillingham have had some glory years. Yep. You, you've been up and down the divisions. Um, you must have had some great memories. What are the the highlights that stick out being a Jules fan? Well, I think you've obviously, like I said to you earlier, it's like the um, the golden era of 2000 to 2005, 2005, um, where we were in the championship. And, and, and even the season before that, the season we went up and beat Wigan, you know, that was some some season where we just had a team of players and it was all built by Mr. Tony Pulis himself, you know. What a squad of players. And nobody would sit there and say it, but we, we had a team. We had a great team and Peter Taylor coming in and uh, getting us promoted. But that was that has got to be, the, probably apart from the last season, the four or five year, best years supporting the club. Um, and obviously we've had a couple of good years uh, since then um, but yeah my happiest memories are, are probably largely in that that era where you know we went to Arsenal went to Highbury in the FA Cup and played um, Arsenal and you know they had a relatively weak inside out um, but to go to go 1-0 down get it back to 1-1 go 2-1 down get it back to 2-2 against Arsenal in that era we thought you know, not not a normal team would do that. As soon as you go one 0 down at Highbury, you know, with the likes of Sylvan Wiltord scoring, um, and that team Ray Parler in there as well. Richard Ro- Richard Wright was in goal. Franny Jeffers was playing that day as well. You know, when he was that next big thing. Um, but when we got it back to two two, I still remember I was there. I was there that day, and we got into the ground. It was a three o'clock kickoff on the Saturday. And um, we got into the ground about, I think, about half past one. Uh, I was only, at the time, 11, maybe. I was around that age anyway. And um, we got into the ground just sitting there. And I was just absolutely in awe of this stadium. And you, you know, it's Highbury is one of those, oh, and still is probably one of the most, the famous grounds in, in Premier League history, really. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. And... You know, to see Ty Gooden and, and uh, obviously club favourite and um, general hero of the population, Marlon King scoring um, for the we'll gym. We will get on to him. <laughs> um, yeah, just just remember it. And I, I still watch the highlights this day, and I have done it on a number of my streams as well. Watch the Gillingham versus Arsenal highlights because it's just purely for John Motson's commentary as well. Oh, you know, what, he, what a god. Uh, I know, I know exactly that. And for us to get it back to two-two with a Ty Gooden thirty-yard screamer, and for them to and I still like I could picture it like it was yesterday, where you see Robert Perez and Thierry Henry warming up to come on, um, because they were worried. They were fucking worried. They thought, right, we need to put this tie to bed now. We can't have a replay. We just can't do it. Um, yeah, and they don't, had, they don't want to go to Priestfield. Yeah, exactly. You had six thousand Gillingham fans in that end chanting. 
who are you? Who are you? Said Thierry, Thierry Henry and Robert Pires. You know. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? And that was that was probably that that era there was the best time because purely from FA the FA Cup, you know, lower leagues and and a small side like Gillingham, the FA Cup meant everything. You know yeah. that that run we had where we beat um, was it two Premier League Premier League sides or three? Two. It was two. Yeah, we beat um, Bradford City, Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup, and then we went to Chelsea and lost six nil. And who's who scored their first ever professional goal against us? John Terry. John there you Terry, go. there you, there you go. go. There's, there's, a, little there's, a, there's a little stat for you. There's a little stat for you. We had that era that we beat Charlton as well when they had like Paolo De Cano playing for them. Fucking hell, yeah. You know, beat them 3 2 at, at Gillingham. Lee, Lee, gone. Is that is that a rivalry, is it? Would you, would you class that as a rivalry game, Charlton? Yeah, yeah, I would say. I would say so, but Charlton don't really see it. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Charlton are, Charlton are, are a bigger club. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say they are some club. They are a bigger club. We know that, and they've they've got a bigger history than us. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think it's it kind of touted from there because of the um, when they were in the Premier League and we were in the Championship, they would drive a bus of people into to the Medway towns and give out free tickets for games to get people from the Medway towns to go up and watch Charlton instead of going to Gillingham. So that's where it all started from, really, where they literally would come and try and steal business, steal local fans to go up and watch Premier League football up at Gillingham. Uh, up at Charlton, sorry, not Gillingham. Fucking hell, that'll never happen. Um, this is the thing. So I'm guessing Gillingham are quite similar to Coventry in that fact. I don't think we have a rival because we're quite isolated. Everyone says, oh, yeah, but you quite... Yeah, we, we, we do. We, we, we have Swindon. And you think it's a really That's random obscure, one, isn't it? It is obscure. It's about two and a half hours between us, but it's just it's just something about Gillingham and Swindon. And again, it might even be from a Gillingham point of view. Um, I I didn't actually know what that rivalry was about until about five six years ago. But it was always a chart. We ate Swindon. We ate Swindon. We ate Swindon. We ate Swindon. You know, and it was it was down to one play. I think it was down to one playoff game. I think it was that's what caused it. Uh, I'll look at I can't be asked to look up now, but uh, <laughs> to tell you the facts. But but again, it's just one of those it's just one of those random ones. And again, Maidstone. You know, there is a bit of rivalry there, but you know, I think that was when they were obviously football league. Um, I think they got relegated that season. They were in the football league, and it was a big. You know, it was, it, that was a big rivalry. It was it was, really, it was a local derby. Um, and Maidstone still hate us. You know, we we don't really talk about Maidstone fans. Again, it's like Charlton, isn't it? They don't really yeah. look at... We're just a shadow to them, aren't we? You know, that's it. Well, that's what we've had for you. I've been brought up to hate Aston Villa. And we haven't played them in 21 years. Mm. And they don't care about us. Yeah. Like, they genuinely don't. And then we, we had a little spell with Leicester because, again, that's 45 minutes down the road. Mm. They've gone on to bigger and better things and they don't give a shit about us. Mm. So I'm over at the minute, weirdly, is with Sunderland. Um, and that's all down to Jimmy Hill. So when Jimmy Hill was chairman of Cove, uh, there was, I think it's the 77 season. Yeah. Um, it was either us to go down or, or Sunderland. Um, and Gilling, uh, Jimmy Hill managed to get our kickoff postponed by 15 minutes due to traffic. Mm. Um, and I think if we drew, we, we, we stayed up. Yeah. Um, and he made a point of making sure the PA announcer announced the full-time score for Sunderland over the tunnel with 15 minutes left, at which point we played Bristol City that day 
and they just kicked the ball amongst each other. No one tried to score. Yeah. Oh, he's blatant cheating. Let, let, let's call a spade a spade. Um, but Sunderland fans still hate us for it. And like that wasn't until recently that I know about that. I'm thinking, why have we got a rivalry with Sunderland? Because yeah. No, I know exactly ages, that. Ages away. I did, um, I did, I did hear that on the, your chat with Skibby. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously the, the, the connection yeah. between the two clubs. Yeah, <clears throat> gone a little bit off on a little bit of a tangent there. Mm. Um, you were talking about the great FA Cup runs. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the other one that we had was actually was was we had Leeds United come to town. Now I think that was the season after they had the heroics of. Um, Champions League football or a couple of seasons after and this was the season I think it was the season they got relegated actually it might have been the season before they got relegated but this was when they had Harry Kuehl Mark Vaducar Alan Smith Lucas Radaby Nigel Martin oh well Paul Robertson was in goal that day um, you know that. and to be fair that's the year that I, I kind of took an interest into Leeds of course because they were a top four team weren't they you know they were yeah. a good side Harry Kuehl what a player he was you know, he was Lee a player. Lee Bowyer. Yeah. Who else was in that squad? Dominic Matteo, Ian Hart. Yeah. And you know what? Oh. We didn't we didn't have the best squad that day, you know. It wasn't you know, it was nothing like um how it was when we beat the likes of Sheffield Wednesday, Bradford and so on, where we had a good team, you know, but there we had a couple of good a few good individuals in that squad. You know, the likes of Paul Shaw, great player, absolute baller. Paul Shaw was in that era and, you know, he got a move to Sheffield United after that. Um, big Mamba Lisa DB in there as well. Hess, Hess and Tyler, you know, you think he was, I don't know how he was still playing. You know, I thought, you know, he was that old, but he was an absolute, in the middle of the park, he, he just caused nightmares. He would just be a great player. Um, and, you know, you'll never, I, I never think Gillingham Football Club would see a player to that sort of stand again in that, in that middle of the park where he, he would he would put everything into it, you know, and especially at a lower level, putting everything into it and working hard does go quite a long way. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that he's one of the players that you know, it, it, from people like myself. If you think of Gillingham, you think of Hassan Harley, you think of Peter Taylor, you think of Nicky Southall. Uh, mm. they're, they're the players that come to mind. Um, they're your heroes growing up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's, and that was it. Nicky Southall was my was my favourite player when I was a kid, and because uh, of his curtains haircut, what a fucking what a trim that was. Is, is that why you're trying to grow curtains now? Yeah, it's basically it. That's basically it. Um, but you know that that whole squad, that 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 whole golden era squad, like you said, is is that that was my that was my. I still think about them that, like like today and go. What a what a team! Like what Mark Saunders, Paul Shaw, you know Paul, Paul Smith. Sorry, you know Amy Pennant, Guy Butters, Barry Ashby, Vince Bartram, Ronan Edge. Ronan Edge, who never did anything. You know he was the slowest left back of all time. Um, Mark Patterson, Carla Saba. Carla Saba was the most underrated footballer of all time. He was. <laughs> Did he go on to uh, Watford? He went on to Sheffield United. Sheffield United. And he, yeah, and he, no, it was, he absolutely it, it, loved it, the club, didn't he? he was, it was that it, other fucker that went to Watford. Oh, um, yeah, Marlon. Big Marlon. But, you know, it's... um, You look at that squad, 
that's that's even the likes of Marcus Browning. You know, these guys didn't really go on and do massive amount elsewhere. Apart, you know, a large percentage of them. You know, like Chris Hope. Chris Hope, what a centre back he was. Um, you know, a, a, at that age, you know, we were getting these players from Division One, Division Two sides at the time, and they were coming to the Championship and doing a job. Um, if you're Nura, Fadio, if you're Nura. And especially when he scored that screamer at Coventry as well. Scored for about 40 yards out. Um, and then, uh, you know, players, other names coming in there. Giapua, Giapua, what a player he was. He literally ran like he shit himself. Um, but he would get a goal here, get a goal there. You know, I could I could sit here and talk about them all day. Because that was, they were, they were a team. They were a real team, that one. You've mentioned the screamer. Uh, it's literally just come to me the only time I've been to Priestfield. And that was so Richard Shaw played over 500 games for Cod, mm. scored one goal. Yeah. And it was at Priestfield, it was an absolute screamer as well. And it's, li- it's literally just come to my head, as you've mentioned there. Um, I think we've got, I think there's like some sort of connection there, isn't there, with us as a, as a club? Because it's just screamers. You had Ifian Euro against you. You had obviously, like you said, Richard Shaw there as well. Also, mm. Jake Hess against you in, in when he scored from the halfway line. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we won four yeah. one today. Was that the season you went down? Possibly. Yeah, it was. Um, we've had some good games over the years. Um, you know, we, we always do this when we talk about the club connections. But yeah. the, the last few years, we, we have you know played against you guys quite a lot. I know I mentioned to you before we started recording. I think the last game you played, we lost to you in the Carabao Cup last season yeah. on penalties. Um, but. To be fair, I'm not saying this to be in any way disrespectful. I think we just wanted to get out of the cup so we could concentrate on our first season back in the championship. Yeah, well, you are being fucking disrespectful, aren't you? So, <laughs> hey, Steve Evans got his big day. That's all he wanted. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's all he wanted. Um, but b- before that, you know, I, I remember Gillingham always being a tough game. It was always a hard place to go. And I don't know if it was because of the distance or what, but we always seemed to struggle down there. But I remember us beating you four one at home. Um, 2015. 2015-16 season, Jacob Murphy scored a hat-trick. That's, this, that's the year we should have gone up. So yeah. we had that year. Madison, Fleck, uh, Joe Cole, Ryan Kent, Adam Armstrong, oh, Jim O'Brien, Ruben Lamares. We had Jack Stevens at centre-half, who's now playing for Southampton. Mm. Had a phenomenal side, but Mowbray fucked it. Um, less than about that, the better. And then the next season, he fucked it even more, gets the recruitment wrong and we get relegated. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've, we've had a fair few tussles over the last few years. Um, I, I've always quite enjoyed them as well, because like I say, you know, it, it, it's that tough sort of game. Um, and in doing research for this, I, it surprised me how many players have crossed paths. Yeah. Uh, and me and you always have a bit, about, a bit of banter about two of them, especially. Um, what do you mean, Big Marlon? Big, well, Big Marlon's obviously the, the, the one that kind of sticks out. So... Yeah. I, I know he came through you guys. Um, you guys went from Barnet, and you know you made, made over hundred appearances for yourself mm. um, before moving on. And I, I remember watching a podcast with him, where at, at the time he was credited with you know the financial support that his transfer gave Gillingham really helped them out. I don't know how true that is because the, I don't believe a word. It did. It did. It did. It did because um, we had a massive. Um, do you remember? That early 2000s where you had obviously Sky Sports in you 
and they actually brought out Tanta. Tanta and ITV Sport. Do you remember that ITV, yeah, ITV Digital? Digital? Yes. And that was there was a massive. They were talking about this is going to be massive, and you know they were going to be live football league games on most nights, most weekends, and so on to compete with the Premier League. Um, and Scally was basically ploughed his money into the squad because the money he was going to get from the club uh, from from that deal. And obviously yeah. ITV Digital and Santanta just went to shit. And then literally Scary was like, I thought this money was going to come in and it didn't. And that money from that transfer, which I think was over a million quid from Marlon. I think it was, mate. I think it was. Um, really helps us out. You know, we did. We obviously pundit, you know, mate, I heard rumours back, back in the day, you know, because all the um, Gillingham players of, of past used to live in South Essex, where my dad used to work. And he used to go and deliver to pubs and so on. He used to work in the pub trade and so on. And there was a pub in this place called Stock, which is just outside Chelmsford. And Paul Smith, club captain, lived opposite. And literally, you would go and deliver to this pub and he'd be there cutting the grass at the front in his Gillingham shorts and training kit. You know, literally, this is it. This is the dream life, right? And apparently at that time, the captain, captain, the, the captain was on eight grand a week. Back then, yeah, at, at Gillingham. Wow, that's big money for a, a club that's honest. Yeah, so you know, it, it, it's a good player, but not fucking eight grand a week. Um, no no, know, no uh, wonder he was fucking boners on in his flip flops. He was having a yeah, lovely time. Yeah, exactly, he was having a great time. That was the rumours that was going around anyway, but. See, big man, I'm, I, I, I've got a touch on it from a cough point of view. Yeah, yeah. So we give, we give him the chance when he got out of Nick. Um, it's quite a famous story around Cov. A.D. Buford came in, managing us, and he obviously had him at Watford. And he 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 took Marlon's wife on a tour of Coventry, the training facilities, ground and stuff. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the town. Sorry, sorry. Oh, mate. <laughs> he would have rather stayed in prison. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we gave him that chance when he got out of prison, and he was unreal. Potentially one of the best strikers we've had since coming out of. Um, the Premier League, mm. I'd go. I'd go as far as saying one of the best strikers I've seen. Yeah. Um, and he kept us up to a mid-table finish in the Championship, and we're like, "Yeah, this is brilliant." And then we only signed him on a one-year deal because you know we were protecting ourselves as well as everything else. Mm-hmm. Every every club that comes to the Rico was singing, "She said no, Marlon," and all that sort of good stuff. And he was hated by everyone else, but loved by us. Yeah. And then he. he he agreed a verbal contract. It was agreed that he was going on holiday, but when he came back, it's on a two-year deal, and we're all buzzing. And then Birmingham got relegated, and had your. It was the season they won the league cup. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. North, yeah. And then they got relegated the same year, so they had Europa League football, but in the Championship. Mm. Um, and they came knocking, and yeah, basically he said, "I'm going to play in Europe." Is that down the road at Birmingham? And time yeah. for them. Um, scored against us and gave it. Absolute beans when he's going against us, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I say. To be fair, like you said, Gillingham was good for me, paying over 100 games for a squad 40 goals, you know, coming in from a youngster at Barnet, where 53 games, 14 goals. Then he's got obviously got this move to Forest and gone out on loan and so on. He did well at Watford's, you know, he did all right, you know, he was just under averaging, you know, uh, one goal every two games. Yeah, he was shit at Wigan. He was shit at Hull. He was all right at Middlesbrough. But Coventry, like you said, the same, just under one goal every two games. <clears throat> and and the same again at Birmingham City. Yeah, oh, he, look, 
talent-wise, you can't take it away from them. But the one thing I do have to say, and anyone listening to this who knows me personally knows this is the case. So I was involved in another, another podcast before this, and we had Marlon lined up to come on until we told him that we had a female host, and he didn't want to know. Really? Yeah. Um, so, and, and to be fair, we got a bit of backlash from Cold fans saying you shouldn't be giving them airtime, which... Uh, I found a little bit hypocritical because we all sang his name when he played for us. So, yeah. Um, Shows that he won player of the year at Coventry as well. Yeah, he did. Oh, and he was unreal. He really was. Uh, but going to the Blues the way he did, fucking. He um, felt betrayed, man. Your manager and, and chairman felt betrayed by the players' actions. That so, means. the other one uh, that we always have a joke about, Mr. Cody McDonald. Oh, what a man. What a man. So, Cody was at Norwich, had a season on loan with you guys and banged mm-hmm. in goals for fun. Yeah. At which point we said, well, we're adding. Yeah. And that was, uh, do you know what? I, I hated country from that period because um, we thought um, we'd get him back, either we got him back on loan or, or actually tried to sign him permanently um, in that season because, you know, he, was still, he, was, he wasn't young, don't get me wrong, uh, but he was a good player. It was a really good player, and that season we had him on loan. I don't know how that season we didn't even get into the playoffs. Um, he banged 25 goals in that season, and we didn't even make the playoffs. We lost, we missed out on the last day of the season after losing to Chesterfield, I think it was, um, that season. Uh, and I think that was Hessenthaler's last season in charge um, for that because of because he failed to get into the playoffs. That was that's with a front two of Akin Fenmar and Cody McDonald's. Wow. wow. That, that's your old school big man, little man, sorry for us, isn't it? It is, like yeah. That. Yeah, literally, it worked a treat, mate. It worked an absolute treat. Um, yeah, he was unreal. And like you said, you, you had him at commentary and you, you didn't rate him at all. No, nah, um, I can honestly say I thought he was pony. Um, didn't quite cut it for us. But when Robbins was around the first time, Robbins just kind of cast him to one side. I think, mm. he, I think at one point he was going to let him go. Then Robbins left for Huddersfield. Presley came in, gave him a chance, and he scored. Um, if I remember rightly, um, but then again, just went off the boil again. And then I remember him going on loan to you boys, um, and I think that was quite a prolific loan spell as well. When he came, well, we got we, we took him on loan, yeah, we took him in, and it was like he's played seven games, scored four. And look at it, make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. I've got the stats right in front of me. <laughs> um, and it was very much one of those things where. When he went back, I was like, oh, he's been recalled because we thought, oh, that's it, he's been recalled. That's, you know, he's, he's going to go back and get some games with commentary. And then at the end, of the, and then we managed to get a permanent deal sorted for him. Um, yeah. I, I think he came back, played two or three more games and redeemed himself as to requirements. Which, yeah. I always find that political side of football really annoying. Why not just leave him at Gillingham? Like, if you're going to bring him back to sit on the bench, you might as well give a kid from the academy the shirt. Yeah, that's how that's how I've always seen it. And at that point, we had lads like Callum Wilson coming through the academy, so why not give them the shirt? Yeah. Um, but there's there's a couple more absolute whoppers that I've found. Yeah. Um, so we had a lad on loan, and you did exactly the same to us as what we did with Cody. So from Reading, Dominic Samuel. Yeah. We had him on loan, and he scored six in thirteen. He was on fire, and we thought, oh, we've got to get this fella. And then he joined Gillingham, and we thought, oh, okay. Um, yeah, he came, he came, and that season, do you know what? And he did the job for you. 
he came in. That was the season we had him with um, Justin Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, God rest his soul. He was um, he, he was unreal. He was a good player. He didn't score a massive amount of goals, but he was a game changer. He'd come on and he, and he would score the goals. You know, he was really good player. Um, and from on the back of that loan deal, I believe he got that's how he got his free move to Blackburn. And I think it was um, he got the Blackburn when they were in League One, didn't he? Um, and he, you know, he he didn't do <laughs> the goals don't don't show me did a bad job, but you know, he he was a good player at that level. You know, and we we I really rated him, especially in that first loan spell. And his le- second loan spell, uh, well, second spell with us, it was just it was just hindered by injury. Mm. And, and that seems to be the rest of his career, to be fair. Um, well, yeah, he's playing at Ross County now. He's played nine games, scored one goal. You know, yeah, that, that says a lot. Um, but th- th- there's there's a couple of ones that are, would have flown under the radar. So, legend at Carl Frank Musa, um, yep, scored scored some great goals for us. Um, kind of went off the boil, and then uh, I, know, I know you mentioned before he was a bad player. He, he, he played a bad handful player. of games. Um, Mark Marshall. Ah, oh, um, Mr. Marshall, the, the little tricky winger. So he, I don't know if you remember, he got done. He had, he had a two-year ban um, when he was at Barnet, and again, us being the lovely club, gave him a chance after football. Well, are you like a rehabilitation centre or something? Like yes, that? yes, that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> it was like a halfway house, um, <laughs> Borstal or what? Open prison, Cobbs and open prison. Let's call it what it is. Uh, <laughs> And, and we give him a chance, and we were like, "Oh, brilliant!" You know, he, he looked unreal. He looked like he was hungry. You know, like after a couple yeah. of years out, and then fuck off to Port Vale. Um, which, yeah. Who chooses to go to Port Vale? Nobody. Let's be honest. Because um, um, he, he, I remember him at Bradford. He did a good job at Bradford. He was a good player, and then obviously got the move to Charlton from that. Um, and it, do you know what? He wasn't a bad player for us. He wasn't. Uh, like I said, he was a tricky winger. You bring him on for the last 15, 20 minutes of the game and he'd change it up. Yeah. You know, bit of pace, etc. cetera. It'd, it'd do some damage. Um, and, and a couple more. So, I, I think the term legend is is overused in football. But there's a reason that we still sing this song at Card. Um, we all dream of a team of Gary Breens. Yeah. Um, he was phenomenal for us in that Premier League era, first season. When we got relegated, um, in Republic of One International, I know it's before your time when he was at Gillingham. Yeah, um, but I didn't even know he'd played for you guys. In all honesty, I, do you know what? As soon as you said it, I was like, "Shit, Gary Breen." And the only reason I know that is because I remember when I when it was what ninety nine two thousand. I got the fir- my first ever Championship manager, and um, he was always a player that I'd try and bring back um, f- to Gillingham. But obviously, commentary. In that era, he was playing for him. He's Premier League foot, playing Premier League football, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I think he. Yeah, he left us the season after we got relegated for West Ham, and you can't blame him. Let's be honest. No, you can't. He, no, you can't. He, he, he was an international defender. He should have been playing uh, Championship football. But what a lovely call to centre half. Um, and then a couple more that, that, that we come across: Mickey Adams. I didn't know started his career with Gillingham. Um, and he was a player at Coventry in the 80s and obviously managed us for a spell um, as well. <laughs> and, and he's one of these managers that gets around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. This is the fact that I think he's I think he's come up on about five of these podcasts so far. Uh, yeah. Mickey Adams. Is, is he held in high regard for the Gillingham fans? 
As a player, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I, I, like from my point of view, I'm uh, probably not the right bloke to ask. To be fair, um, but you know, he started as a as a youth career, wasn't he? And he, oh, fucking hell, mate, Jesus Christ, he was playing for us ten years before I was born. Um, <laughs> but he is, you know, like, I, my dad has always said he was a good player for us. Played ninety two games, um, and again, he had he didn't have a bad career, really, did he? Um, no. Had, had a decent career, and like I said, he's not been a bad manager. Um, but if, if he's banded at... around as a bit of a joke, to be fair, in my family, as a manager, we've, we've always get um, you always get um, what is it a number of managers that are shit, but they'll manage to get themselves a job again, yeah. You know, the likes of Gary Megson, um, yeah. Peter Reed, you know, it was that that early 2000 era where they were like managing some half deals like Peter Reed at Sunderland, Gary Mixon at West Brom. Peter know. Reed came to Cardiff. Fucking hell. What a bad <laughs> season that was. You know, and it, it, these guys still managed to get a job, you know, and I will say it, and I will always say it, Mark Hughes, he is a serial failure and it always yeah. will be. Um, Paul Lynch got jumped left, right and centre and you thought, how? Because he was shit yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. Exactly. A lot of these, and it came from their playing career that they managed to get these jobs, you know. You know, you think about it, Mark Hughes was potentially going to be the first manager to get two Premier League sides relegated in one season. He got Stoke relegated and went to Southampton. Did he go to Southampton? Did he go Southampton? Um, or am I being stupid? I think it may have been It was another side. I know, yeah, you're right. Because his last game of Stoke manager was against Little Old Coventry City in the FA Cup. Yeah. They were a Premier League side, coming to us as League 2 and we beat them. And they had a full strength side out, yeah. in, including Chuba Moting, who's gone on to play for Paris Saint Germain with Neymar and Mbappe, um, and Bayern Munich. I don't know how, I don't know how that guy stole a living. I don't oh, know how that guy stole a living. Best really agent in world football. That's how. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be 100%. honest. Oh, but, you know, you've, you've got you've a lot of time I know we've gone off the topic. I know we do. We do this all the time, and I every Monday night as well. But you look at Mark Hughes, Blackburn Rovers, Man City, Fulham, Queen's Park Rangers, Stoke City, South. He's not managed a shit team, has he? No. It's weird. It's weird. And, and I mean, It all comes I, down to his playing career, doesn't it? You know, you think Manchester United, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Chelsea, Chelsea Southampton, Everton, Blackburn. Uh, and do you know what? I touched on this earlier. When I first got into football, he was in that Man United side with his thighs the size of my head. Scoring volleys left, right, and centre. That's, yeah, that's fucking impossible, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, dude. <laughs> oh dear, you're right. Um, but th- there's three players that are in Coventry's current squad that have had spells at Jill's recently. Um, Josh Pask was one of them who played for you guys before he came to Cov. Um, looks like he's on the way out of Cov. Um, he was sent off at the end of 23s in the week, and his deals up at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, he owns a removal firm now, which is quite handy because he's going to fucking need them. Um, <laughs> sorry, Josh. Do, do you know I'm what? Not... He, he, to be fair to him, he, he, you know, he, he didn't have a he didn't have a bad start. Uh, so then he just it just went off a bit. But you know, I think he was in the season when we were being managed by Peter Taylor again, um, and it was dreadful again. Yeah, you know, it's not the best, is it? No. Um, and then two players that you had on. I know last season um, mm-hmm. of ourselves, and I know we've spoken about them previously. Um, but Declan Drysdale's one, who again comes up two weeks running as we got in front of Tranmere. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you weren't exactly sold no. on, uh, on Declan. Yeah, um, I yeah he, he didn't. He didn't. 
Um, again, like I said, I didn't watch him play every week, but I just had negative comments about him every time he played. You know, and that was it. He wasn't. But Josh Eccles was different class. You know, a really yeah. good player. A really good. So, player. so Josh is one that um, a lot of club fans listening to this will be very interested in because. He came on loan to you guys. I think we re- we recorded him or you only had him on a three-month run. I can't remember which yeah. one. But then he went straight into our first team side and yeah. played away at Bournemouth last year. And had a good game. And QPR, um, two good sides last year. Um, and, and he had a run of games in the first team towards the end of last year. And we thought, OK, we've utilised the loan system quite well, loaned him out, and he's done well. Um, had a bad injury. And he, it seems to me that he's just getting fit again now. Yeah. Um, a lot of club fans don't know a lot about him, though, because he, he only played a handful of games. What sort of player was he for you guys? Because we've seen him play at full-back, we've seen him play in the middle of the park, we've seen him play at centre-half. Um, he, he seems to be quite a utility player. Was he utilised in that manner we used? Yeah, it was, it was just a it's just middle-of-the-park, control games, decent player, could play a ball, and, you know, cracking League One midfielder. Hmm. That's, that's probably, you know, that's the way I saw his level um, at the beginning of it, especially, you know, he would get into a Gilliam side and, you know, probably get into a, uh, any other League One side as well. Um, I know he enjoyed his time down there. He, he spoke quite well at Gillingham when he came back. Um, and looking at it, he's trying to get back fit. I don't know if he gets near our team at the minute. Um I don't think that's a bad move for him to go back on loan to League One. And I'm sure you guys just snap our hands off to have him back. I know obviously the embargo we touched on kind of may not work, but mm. um, <clears throat> it seems like he's a, a good prospect to kind of be coming through for ourselves. Yeah, it was funny. Like I said, it just reminded me because he was, um, he played, played for commentary in the Carabao Cup against us. Yes, he did. And he, he liked him that much that he said, can we have him on loan? And we, we took him. That, that was mega. It was. You've impressed someone that much in one game. Um, that they said, oh, yeah, well, I've got, I haven't on loan. Bear in mind, Mark Robbins and Steve Evans have history mm. um, from Steve Evans' time at Mansfield. Um, but I, I think that says a lot about, to be fair, I, I can't believe I'm giving Steve Evans praise here, but I think that says a lot about him as a manager and what he gets out of players and the fact that we were more than happy for him to come down to Gillingham and play under Steve Evans. Well, he's got to play, he's got to play first team football. You know, yeah. That's the reason why we got him in because we knew he was going to come in. Uh, he's going to get a game. And he did. And, you know, he, he went to, he was in January, wasn't it? Yeah. He, um, he got recalled um, because he was doing a good job. Um, but yeah, no, he's a good player. He was, he was, he wasn't a bad player and he, you know, he was something that he wanted, created a bit in the middle of the park. Uh, which we needed because we lack that, <laughs> and still do, and still do, yeah, and still do. <laughs> right. So this part of the the, the show, the, the end of the episode, is where we like to be a bit different here. So you always hear people talk about their heroes, and mm. you know, are oh, the best eleven that's ever wore our shirt. Yeah, nah, we don't want to talk about them. No, we that's fair. We want to talk about the stinkers. Oh, um, here we go. And hey, look, you can't name the current squad. Um, although I'm sure what one or two may get in there. It's a tough one, this is. Um, Where's a pen? I need a pen. <laughs> we, um, we we give you the choice of either a five aside or an eleven aside. It's completely up to you. 
Mm. Um, what about seven side? Seven works, mate. If yeah, you, if you want to go down the middle, that's completely fine. Um, seven aside of the worst players that have wore a gin and gum shirt, in your opinion. Let's highlight that because there may be heroes to with us. Yeah, okay. All right. That's fine. Um, I'm just what I'm doing is because there's there's actually an era, there's there's a few eras of me in Gillingham where I'm like, that team was shit. And you know, you just you look at that squad and go, they were awful. And um I'm just going through it and I've just put in there Gillingham um two thousand and seven, basically, because that was the season that was that, that era where we were basically a <clears throat> Basically, what we are now—a lower League One, uh, to lower to lower half um, League One side—and I'm just looking at a squad. I'm like, fucking hell, there is some dross in it. There is, there is some absolute mess in here. Like, um, so I know you. I'm going to put in goal. Oh, actually, no, there's another one. There's two goalkeepers potentially. So it's either out of Kelvin Jack. Um, who's a Trinidad Tobago international who we had in goal? Um, he was awful, he was dreadful. Um, and then there was also Tony Bullock as well. And the only reason I'm going to say is I didn't watch him a massive amount in that era. The only reason I'm going to say is because he conceded, um, there was a famous clip of him on Soccer AM. Um, from whatever year it was, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out what it is. Where Gillingham lost to Bursco in the FA Cup, um, and he conceded this goal. We I think we're two one up with like ten minutes left or whatever. I'm gonna try and find it, and we conceded two two basic last minute goals. And there was a clip of him just falling over, collapsing in goal, and. And it was so funny that Soccer Ann got it and they put a they put a noise of a tree falling down in behind it. Um and just literally just fell over it. Um let's have a look. How many games did he played for us? He played six games for Gillingham. So it was either out of him and Kelvin Jack, and I'm gonna go for Tony Bullock as uh, as goalkeeper. Um uh, okay, so so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go seven aside. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do three defenders, two midfielders, and a striker. Okay. That's what I think I'm going to go with, all right? That works for me, mate. All right. Um, Gillingham, 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 shit. That's what I just <laughs> put in Google. Uh, no. Right. So, another setback I'm going to go for is Duncan Jupp. He signed him from Southend. And... That was his last. That was the last time he ever played football um, for for us, and he was shit as well. He was awful. I could honestly have never heard of him. Yeah, heard of Duncan yeah. Jupp. Duncan Jupp was he's probably you know I only knew him because he was a bit of a sinister bit of a South End legend. He was full of youngster, but he was just an absolute. He was your old. It was he was he was probably about three, probably about twenty. 20 years behind the game, you know, he should have been playing in the mid 70s or whatever. Uh, but right, he, was, okay. he was playing in the mid 2000s, getting torn apart every week. His legs had gone. And it was dreadful. Um, so I'd, I'd go with him, I reckon. I'd go with him. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. I, I, I know Skibby did his five, did his five side team. You know, it's probably not hard for him because you, you really notice um, a shit player in, in amongst good players. Um, but when you when your whole team shit, it's really hard to pick out one. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. 
you know what I mean? I, I, to be fair, I know what you mean. And I think a lot of recency bias comes into it. Um, if I were to sit here and do one for Cov, mm. I've, got to, I've got to look at the side that got relegated from League One or played in League Two because mm, that's a bit harsh on the League Two side. But mm. or, or the side when we got relegated from the Championship because they, they must have been poor to be involved in a relegation season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, just trying to think. Just trying to think. Oh, okay. Next one, I'm gonna go for. Oh shit. I go. Oh, this is gonna be controversial. Every time I saw him play, I just didn't feel confident in him. Do you know what I mean? Like you see somebody at the back, diddy around with it, and you just think, just get rid of it, mate. Just lump it out. I'm just not confident in you. Just, just, just get rid of it, please. Just do us a favour. I'll go with Josh Gowling. Okay. Send it back. Josh Gowling at centre-back. It was probably one of our League Two era um, centre-backs. Um, just didn't just didn't, didn't do me any favours, you know, for my for my heart rate at all. Um, let's have a look. I'm just trying to see. It's, just, it's difficult. It's really difficult. Oh, it's, it's one of those ones, oh. like you say. I can't, I can't believe this guy played so many games for us. To be fair, this next one, which might be controversial, um, so we played sixty nine games for us. Bloody hell! But this this shows you the level, okay? This shows you the level of standards. This is Matt Lawrence. He used to play for Millwall, Crystal yeah. Palace. Matty Lawrence, yeah. I'm gonna put him in there. He's a bit of a caveman. His legs went probably in 1922. Um, but it just seemed to be just get beaten every time, you know. He just he just have an error in him. Like I said, it wasn't an awful defender, but he just had an error in him. Do you know what I mean? And it shows you his level. He went from Gillingham straight to Whitehawk. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So that was the level that we were at. So I think that's probably going to make my back three up. So you've got there. So you've got Tony Bullock and goal. Duncan Jupp. Matt Lawrence and Josh Cowling. So no Effie Sodjay, no Declan Bradley. Oh, now you've chucked, now you've chucked them in it. <laughs> now you chucked, chucked Sodjay in it. Oh. And I only say Sodjay because I vaguely remember him playing for Jimmy Ingram. Shit, that bandana and stole a living. He did. Stole well, a living. living everywhere he went. I was to say he. he, he if you believe reports, then he's still a lot I think more. the reason why I, I probably haven't included FA Sodjay, because he was a bit of a running joke in my, like, with my mates and stuff like that. Like, because he used to have that bandana on all the time, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so he was a bit of a running joke. So that's probably why I never actually included him. To be fair, and we joke about stealing a living. He also got them for fraud, didn't he? So he stole a lot more than a living at football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's probably answered one of them as well. Um, that's what answered another one, I think. Let's go. Let's go 2000. Let's go 2006, because that's when the wheels started to fucking come off. <laughs> um, no, see, we had a pretty good midfield then. Like, you know, we had. Oh, actually, no, this one's going straight in. He was shit. Um, Adam Poulton. He just, he just, he played. You know, you've probably sit there going, who the, who the fuck is this guy? Um, but I can tell you now, mate, he was shit. He was awful. He just, he, I don't remember him playing. And every time he did play, it just, it just either just caused an absolute calamitous error 
to make us lose or whatever. It just never, again, another player that never had any confidence on him on the pitch. Um, but like I said, you can't sit there and just pick out one error because probably it was just a whole catastrophe of errors every game. Um, and that was the first season when we played in League One. You know, that was in a squad of, you know, we had, see, a good player. We had Mickey Flynn, Michael Flynn playing for us. Yeah. Mid, a great player, you know, and decent manager. Matty Jarvis playing for us in midfield. Um, Danny Spiller, another one at this level, you know. So, you know, some, some half-decent players in there. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any... He was a good player. He was a really good player. Yeah. Again, another player that was hindered by injuries. Um, that really did affect him. Really did affect him. It was a shame. Mm. Um, I just actually have a look at the squad earlier on, and we just we didn't really have a squad. Oh, actually, there's a few players in there. Um, another player that came through from us, Andrew Crofts. A decent player. At his, okay. And a, another good player at this level. Um in the championship anyway oh my god you put me under a lot of pressure here mate you put me under a lot of pressure here so what have i got i've got i've actually got five side team nearly haven't we yeah so let's do this actually let's do five side fuck it right we're gonna do this we're gonna do tony bullock and goal we're gonna do um matt lawrence set it back with duncan jupp center mids we're gonna have who is i just name adam Powton. yeah and up top we're going to have. You can't have Big John Akinde. You can't. Wanted to, mate. <laughs> but he's, he's not as bad. He's not as bad. I'm just trying to see how many. Yeah, okay. We're going to go for it. We're going to go for no other than legend of the Football League, Dory Facey. Oh, wow. Yep. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. That's yes. hook, line, and sinker that is. Uh, yeah, played 32 games for us, scored three goals. He was shit. He was awful. Um, he only he only lasted one season with us. Literally had his contract ter- terminated. Um, and then he got... Did he get done for match fixing? Yeah, he did, yeah. He got done for match fixing. He did, yeah. Um, Resting along with five others on suspicion of match fixing. Uh, Facey with Moses Swaybu uh, appeared at Birmingham Crown Court in connection with the match fixing charge. Facey was found guilty of match fixing in jail for two and a half years. Is that when he was at Warsaw? Uh, I believe so, 2013. Yeah, I think it may have been. Hereford United, he just and he went to Albion Sports after that. I don't know where that is, but um, he was, wasn't at Warsaw. No, you're thinking about Darren Byfield, mate. Darren Byfield, that's the one. Who wasn't very good for us, but he was a well, he was all right for us. He wasn't a bad player. Um, but he wasn't as bad as Dalry facing. <clears throat> he just nah. stole a living. Stole a living. It's a shame, really. It's a sh- you know, it's um, yeah. That's that's a, that's my team. So we'll go with Tony Bullock and goal, Matty Lawrence, Duncan Jupp, um, centre mid Adam Powton, and then up top Dalry facing. Wow. No, no, Tommy was in there. Tom Hughes was a Tom Hughes was a fucking hero for us. There's a number of whole city fans I've spoken to who have said, if you want that, we'll drop him off for you. Uh, I'd have him back. We don't really, probably don't really need it. We don't really need Well, actually, we probably do at the moment because Dane Oliver's injured. But, you know, if they said to me, do you want him on loan for the second half of the season? I'd be like, yeah. You think he scored some absolute bangers for us? He was a handful. He was a handful for you guys. Um, obviously, I've seen him this season play for Hall against us, and he was just Shandy Carroll. But you, you can you can see him being a handful. In, in the yeah, world. definitely. But, but at that point, Hall were 
at the at the bottom of their low that they've been on this season. So um, you can this score that great goal against Fulham last season, didn't he? Where he just literally fell over the ball. It was fantastic. Just love Skippy of that. You just reminded me of a player that we missed. That, Ivan. Go you on just in. reminded me of a player that we missed in our connections. Darius Henderson. Oh, Dazza. Big Dazza. What a player he was. I don't think he's allowed to step foot in Cov. We had him on loan, and um, you can feel free to YouTube this. Um, his effort against Peterborough, one on one, fell over, and the ball went out for a goal kick. <laughs> Live on Sky. We signed him. We signed him from Reading. Um, that was, was it. Was either our was it our last season in the Championship? I'm just going to have a quick look. Just confirm. I get the years mixed up. I know it's really bad. Um, he was pony for us. So bad. Twenty. Yeah, so we got relegated. Um, two thousand four, two thousand five season, and that's when he joined us. He oh, played, so played, played 36 games for us, scored nine goals, to be fair. And I remember one of his goals was away at Sunderland, and I remember that. We we flew up um, that day, and you I remember that one. I am fucking Tory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we flew up, and literally, literally we flew up from Stansted um, up there, and there was some number, number of Gillingham fans on there, to be fair. I was quite surprised a number of them knew what a plane was. Um, but we flew up to um, Sunderland, <laughs> And uh, we got we got to something like half past ten for a three o'clock kickoff. Fucking hell! And do you, do you, okay, this is this is my this is my trip down memory lane here. My dad rented a car, and he said, "Do you know what, mate? I'm going to take you to see Hadrian's Wall." Obviously, Hadrian's Wall is the old, obviously, boundary between Scotland and England. It spreads across the whole country. The whole country couldn't fucking find it. <laughs> couldn't fucking find it. It literally, my dad was like, "I just got to be around here somewhere." Driving around is this rented Renault Clio around the fucking northern countryside, you know, all these dirt tracks, potholes, everything like this. And we couldn't find Hadrian's Wall. Wow. That that's that's it. That's but that's, you know, there's there's so many away days that I've absolutely with my dad that have been like that Bournemouth one that I started talking about at the beginning. That was that was a uh, that was that was just an experience. It was um I I, I couldn't go to it, but like he, uh, we went to Bournemouth. I was 16 years old, and my dad said, Go and have a couple of beers on the train. I was like, All right, then. So he got this Magnus. That was when Magnus became really big. Uh, so what, 2007? 2007, that was. And that season, we played Bournemouth. Um, that's when Darren Anderson was playing for them. Mm. And um, we traveled down. We started drinking early on. My dad was on it with my uncle as well. And, um, we got there and my dad and him were paralytic and I was there as a 16 year old kid with a cousin who was 14, 13 and 11 and they were all crying because they were so drunk and stuff like that and I was sitting there saying god this is fucking nightmare and I just remember my my uncle sitting there he was right on the barrier between the Gillingham fans and the Bourne fans and you know there's the famous Gillingham chant of Gios, Gios. he was so drunk he couldn't even pronounce that and he just literally was doing this. Yeah. Literally, that was it. Just that was the noise for the whole game. And I managed to get them all the way back to my uncle's, um, the, the local train station. I managed to get them back. And I just remember getting up and like, right, come on, Dad, this is our stop. And he just went, just looked at me. And it was like something out of fucking platoon. He just looked at me and went, I just went, 
save yourself. Don't worry about me. It's like that. Just I said, that's self stop. He just goes, go, just save yourself. You don't need to worry about me. I'll find my way back. I was like, Dad, you just get off the fucking train, mate. I just went, oh, I just went, I went, Dad, it's our stop. Come on. He just went, all right, then. And then got up and walked off. And I still remember that to this day. Just him. It was just, it was just the wailing arms at the back of the train going, just save yourself. It was like, it was like he was being it private it was, Yeah, it was. It was like he'd just been pelted with like a bazooka. Save yourself. It's done. But there's oh. just so many, so many of those sorts of away days that, and you know, I could fucking sit here all night talking about them because there have been, there's been so many of them. So, oh, uh, oh, I can imagine, mate. I can imagine. Um, before we sign off, I'm, I'm going to shoot myself because we talk about this person every time we talk. The mm-hmm. Canadian destroyer, Simeon Jackson. Simo, what a player. And, well, and if there's one player to sign off with, it has to be Simo because we loved him, you loved him, mm-hmm. and he's probably got the best nickname in, in, in football, the Canadian Destroyer. He was, he was a great player for us. And, you know, we signed him from um, Russian and Diamonds. Um, you know, he's quite first couple of seasons with us, um, or first season with us, but second season in League Two, he just was banging them in. I think he got 24 goals that season, I think. Um, and, you know, he then got a move to Norwich uh, from that. And uh, he, he did well. Yeah, it's weird. That's the thing, though. It's like, like you look at him at commentary. It's, he wasn't great for you, was he? He didn't score many. No, but he, he worked hard and he, he was in quite a poor side. So, if I remember rightly, and I'm... I'm, I'm let me double check that I've got this season right. Because again, like you, me and Bates are rubbish. Mm. Um, he was at, I, I didn't realise he was at Russian Diamonds for four years. Because isn't it? Mental. But I believe the season he played for Russ, mm. um, yes. So he started the season um, at Sixfields when we were at Northampton. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So he was part of that. And then we got the move back. Um, we got the move back to the Rico, which, weird enough, and I can't believe this is something that we haven't touched on. The first game back at the Rico after being gypsies was against Gillingham. The Gypo Army. Yeah. Um, in front of 27,000 on a, it was a Friday night. I remember it like it was yesterday. Was it, was it 1-0 win for you? Yeah, 1-0 win. Frank Noble scored. Oh, I was about to say Frank Noble. Yeah, Ryan Haynes went down the left-hand side, pulled it in. And and as confidants, we look at that game as a sort of sliding doors moment. 27,306 in the the stadium that night. And you boys brought 500 up, which to be fair, Friday night, that's completely fine. I don't think it was about whoever we played that day. It was the fact that we were back home. Yeah. Um, And it's one of those games that no Cod fan will forget and no Cod fan will ever forget about. So... Mm. Like I say, we, we, the last few years we have had that sort of intertwined sort of history, which is why I was really, lo- really looking forward to talking about Jenny Gunman. Obviously, you're all right, so I didn't want to talk to you about it. <laughs> I can be a prick sometimes, to be fair. Yeah, mate, we all can. It's what we do. Yeah, um, that's fair. Scoops, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, where can people find you? Um, obviously, you're on YouTube now. 
um, and you do yes. Twitch. Where can people find you? When can they find you? So you can find me on Twitch on Sunday, Mondays, and Tuesday nights um, on Twitch.tv forward slash uh, Scoops Callahan One um, on the playing some football manager badly and also talking about the football league. Uh, and then at YouTube, you can find me as well um, with Scoops Callahan Gaming as well, where we are playing some football manager as well, just just for the hell of it. Uh, but then on Twitter as well, you can find me at SCG One Underscore. I think I've got that right. I think you have. I think you have. You do have the weirdest Twitter handle. Uh, it, it, why? Why is that the weirdest, mate? Why is not that? I could have. I, I could like have Princess Banana Hammock or something like that, couldn't I? Yeah. You know, the, the, this so is, there's no true. point. There's no point going there and saying that's weird, mate. It's my initials with one underscore. Yeah. All right. All right, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Thank um, you. And one thing I will say is, although Scoops is a terrible FM player he's a great fm streamer because we always have a laugh um it's a great community in there as well so if you're ever at a loss on a sunday or tuesday night get yourself in up the bully way um you fucking love to hear that you fucking <laughs> love to hear it you really do um and, and and yeah also get on the youtube doesn't cost anything to, to, to sub and, and support Scoops on, on YouTube as well, and it would do him a world of good. So go and do that, um, and come back next week where we'll be speaking to someone else in the Football League. Scoops, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Take care, mate.